be intentional, be engaged as a parent, help raise good kids that become great adults, and let's all change the next generation together. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Today, my guest is Justin Batt, whom I've met here at this amazing Spartan Media Fest in Lake Tahoe. Just a wonderful weekend, beautiful weekend. Justin, thanks for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, Jared, glad to be here. Excited to be on the show. Yeah, and what's even cooler is you're an author, you're an entrepreneur, you're a dad, you're a podcaster, but if someone who doesn't meet you and they connect with you for the first time, how do you introduce yourself? Well, it's an interesting question because my question for most people when I meet them is, what's your story? Mm-hmm. I'd love to know your story, right? So right. it's not about what you do, it's who are you? Yes. And so I tend to lead by saying that I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an author, TEDx speaker, and I'm a fatherhood disruptor. So that's how I would describe myself. And a Spartan athlete. And a Spartan athlete, <laughs> which is why you're here sure. this weekend. That's right. And so far, I know it's still kind of early on, but what's your experience so far? You know, it's been amazing. I, yeah. um, we've never been to Lake Tahoe before. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate to bring my wife out with me. So it's been a little bit of R&R and um, right. relaxation and rest for us. That'll change tomorrow when I race. But, you know, I look at this as I'm a big student of being comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's what Spartan has done for me. It puts me in a daily uncomfortable situation by taking cold showers and working out in a way that I never worked out before to get ready for a race like this. So coming here and seeing the beauty of Lake Tahoe, the trees, the water, the just the, the natural beauty, and then being able to participate in this race and push myself to new levels and spend some time with my wife and meet amazing people like yourself. It's just been incredible. Well, we had the good fortune to sit down and I'm sitting here having dinner with you and I haven't met you. I maybe heard your name maybe once, but then I, I'm starting to hear you tell a little bit. And I would love for you to brag a little bit on yourself, share your story. I'm going to steal your question. Share your story because I, I think the things you're doing are very compelling and, and I want people to know about all the things that you have going on. So, well, I appreciate that very yeah. much. And you know what I would say is that as everything else in life, there's a process mm-hmm. and I've been through a process to get to where I am today. So I am even today not a perfect dad by any means, right? And there are moments right. where I don't live up to the standard of Daddy Saturday that I've even set for myself. But how I got there was over a decade ago, my wife made a decision to leave teaching. And in leaving teaching, she wondered what she should do. We didn't have kids at that point. And she said, you know, I'm kind of struggling right now with where I'm at in life, what I want to do. And I said, well, why don't you start your own business? You're talented. And I'll support you. So she came back after doing some research and she said, babies are bridal. And I said, you know what? That's great. You got birth, you got death, and you get married in between. So it's almost recession proof. <laughs> and uh, we landed on the bridal market, really just like that as a business model. And so she opened a bridal boutique named after our daughter, Hayden Olivia Bridal. And from the moment my daughter was born, the store opened. And so I had my daughter at two weeks old by myself on Saturdays because my wife was the entrepreneur wearing all the hats. I was in corporate America. And so fast forward that, adding other kids and my wife still working in the business and me still being in corporate America, I found myself alone with my kids all day on Saturday, pretty much every Saturday. And I was that stressed out, overwhelmed, overcome dad coming out of you know a long week of work. And Fridays, I was exhausted. Saturday morning, waking up, trying to be that husband to support my wife but also being a great dad to my kids. And I was just really struggling. Mm. And I wasn't showing up as the dad, as the man, as a father that I intended to be, that I wanted to be, nor that I knew that I could be. And so I started to plan our days together on those Saturdays and be intentional and create a game plan, if you will, for our time together with my kids. And we started filming those and putting them on YouTube. And the results that I started to see in my relationship with my kids and our communication, and even my relationship with my wife, once she saw what we were doing, half the time she thought we were crazy, but man, it sure was fun. And from that, I began to realize that I had uncovered something in my own life by being intentional, by being engaged with my kids that could help a lot of other dads who are probably struggling with the same thing. 
And so two years ago, I was honored to give a TEDx on the topic of fatherlessness. And I learned about this epidemic in our country where we have 24 million plus children who don't have a biological father in the home. Then we got a whole bunch more fathers that were like me who were physically present, but emotionally absent. Mm. And I recognized that that was my burning passion. That was my calling is to go help fathers be intentional and engage with their kids to raise good kids that become great adults. And I had a platform and a movement and an opportunity to help them. So I took everything that I had done over that roughly decade with my kids, over 13,000 hours that I spent with my kids, if you added it all up Mm -hmm. and it's entirely being intentional with them and put that in a book called Daddy Saturday, which is essentially the field manual for fatherhood, if you will. And that's launched the movement and launched the platform and got us to where we are today. So where we are today, let's talk about the impact that that's had. What kind of emails are you getting? What kind of people are coming up to you and saying, because of this? You know, it's a great question. And it's with social media today, it's amazing because you Mm -hmm. get so much more of that feedback. I have a real respect for people that try to do something like this, you know, a decade ago because there was, wasn't that feedback mechanism or loop. Today, it's instantaneous. LinkedIn is one of my biggest platforms, actually. And it's interesting because that corporate father is who really seems to be struggling and reaching out all the time. A couple of stories I'll share with you. I had a dad who came to me and said, I've been watching what you're doing. I want to make a change. I want to do Daddy Saturdays. So he did his first Daddy Saturday with his kids and he has four daughters and the girls literally just lit up. They were like, who are you, dad? And like, he had never done that with them. They always wanted to go fishing. He took them fishing. Then they did a daddy-daughter date night on a Tuesday. And he said the next week, the girls came to him on Monday night and said, dad, where are we going for a date night this week? (laughs) So he created a monster, but he went from this dad who, again, physically present, but emotionally absent. Mm. And he became extremely engaged with his kids. His wife even came up to him and said, honey, who are you? And he said, I'm just trying to be the man I was called to be. And she said, how'd you learn all this? He said, I read this book. She said, can I read the book? And so, you know, Daddy Saturday certainly had an impact on his life. And it was great to hear that. Another father reached out and he was actually local and and where I live in Charleston, South Carolina. And he came to me and said, now I want two copies of your book. I said, sure. And he said, would you come sign them for me? I said, I'd be glad to. So I signed the first one to him. And I said, who's the second one for? And he said, it's for my son. He's eight years old and I want to put it away from him so that when he becomes a dad, one day I can bring it back out and give it to him as his field manual for fatherhood, just like I've used it with him all these years. I mean, just blew me away, Jared, to have somebody that was willing to do that. And then there's many fathers that reach out. Um, Specifically, I had a dad that reached out actually yesterday, and he asked if he could have a phone call with me. So he's been following the conversation and engaging in the platform. And for him, he's making a big career change and a big move for his family. He just wants some guidance and some counsel on how to help manage the transition and the change and you know, minimize the stress and the, the challenge with his kids in that circumstance. So it's been a rewarding platform for me because I'm able to share some of the lessons that I've learned in life with other fathers and help them move forward. And um, a big part of this is be getting it beyond me because clearly I'm one person and there's a whole bunch of dads like yourself that have great insight, great knowledge. So we're really hoping to build a community out of this where dads have an access point to go in and get information when they're going through a life change, a challenge, a divorce, financial issue, whatever it may be, right? They have access to that information. And last night, one of the things that came up was just a desire you have to give back men in the military. And you guys have a nonprofit that helps in a specific way. I'd love for you to maybe share a little bit about what that is and how that came about. Sure. So we've got a a for-profit and a non-for-profit side Mm -hmm. of of Daddy Saturday because I'm a firm believer that you can have the greatest mission in the world, but if you don't have the monetary piece of it, then the mission falls flat, right? And so we set it up that way for for intentionality and we hope to create a substantial and sustainable 
monetary mechanisms so we can lift this whole platform off the ground and make sure it's a sustainable platform for a long period of time. And part of that's my stewardship through the nonprofit. In the nonprofit, we have four populations that we chose to serve. One is the incarcerated. Another is the opportunity zones, which are low-income, socioeconomically designated areas for investment. Don't have a lot of emphasis on social impact programs. So fatherhood's very important there. The third one is around first responders. So firefighters, police, and EMTs. And then the other is the National Guard. And through doing some research and talking to some fellow folks that I know that were in the military, they advised me that active duty military has a lot of services and a lot of resources. But one area that would potentially benefit from this solution would be the National Guard. Okay. And if you think yep. about it, when the National Guard, they do a weekend of duty every single month. Yep. So whether it's the husband or the wife, potentially both, you know, they're leaving once a month to go away over the weekend. So that leaves one of the other spouses at home or the kids without the opportunity to have that father or that parent there being engaged. So one of our goals is to, we've created these Daddy Saturday Dad Boxes. And it's a box, like a subscription box program. And it's got tools and activities and tips and ways that they can engage their kids in meaningful ways. It was Spartan Edge contributed content around uh, character building and development and physical activity. We had some physicians create curriculum around healthy meal planning and this for that type of food choices to help reduce childhood obesity. And then we've got all sorts of fun stuff like the book and the gimmicks or the games that go with whatever the activities are that we'll include in those boxes. Then the other piece of that is that's the physical way to get the presence in the home. Mm -hmm. The second piece of that are what we call community coaches. And so if you use the National Guard, like we're working with South Carolina National Guard right now, and we will have National Guard members that stand up and say, look, I want to be a leader within this movement, and I want to support my fellow National Guard members. So I want to be trained in discipleship in the areas of faith, family, friends, fitness, finances, relationships, et cetera. And so when someone's having a challenge, they've got someone to go to in that local community. They can help organize events and really, again, bring that community that we're looking for in the local areas. So that's our remit. And within that, we hope to serve 10 million fathers in the next 10 years and to end fatherlessness. Wow. I mean, that's fantastic. I love hearing stuff like this. For someone who's listening to this and saying, okay, I haven't read the book yet. I haven't checked out the podcast. What could I do on this Saturday? What could I do? Like, What's some examples of things that somebody who's just starting out could yeah. consider? No, I love the question because that's yeah. one thing I hear often is you know, people look at some of this and they're like, you really expect me to do this every single Saturday all day with my kids? No, that's not the point, right? <laughs> The point right. is Daddy Saturday is a concept about being intentional. Daddy Saturday is every day of the week, right? It's, it's carving right. out the time you have and being intentional in how you engage your kids. And so what I would say for Saturdays in particular are it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't have to be extraordinary to be epic, right? Some of the best times that I've had with my kids are laying on the trampoline, tickling them, looking up at the clouds, just being with them, right? right? Or going for a walk or riding bikes and some of the simple stuff, having a backyard camp out right? Can be epic yes. if it's intentional. So I would say use what you have in the home. We have these amazing resources called Google and YouTube that you can go on. That's where I do a lot of my research. And then we frankly have tried to make it easy on dads. So there's, if you go to daddysaturday.com slash bonus, you can have access to the Daddy Saturday playbook. It's got 52 ideas that you can do with your kids, one for each week of the year. And there's plenty of opportunities in there that are low cost, no cost, that are easy ways to engage your kids. And then we've got the Alexa skill out, which is our technological version of that playbook. And you can ask Alexa, once you enable the skill, Alexa asks Daddy Saturday, and she will look at the weather in your local area, provide an indoor or outdoor activity based on the weather, even put the items you need for the activity in your shopping list and give you the instructions in the app for how you do the activity. So oh, it doesn't get fantastic. any easier than that, Jared. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love it. Congratulations on all that. That's pretty exciting. 
So now we fast forward 10 years later, and now you're, you're talking about, you know, in the next 10 years, you want to see all these amazing things happen. Tell us a little bit about your thought process when you're making a plan that's long-term like that. What do you think through? Yeah. So the way that my brain works, I'm an extreme connector. I right. connect thoughts, ideas, and people. That's how my mind just works. So I have an idea a minute. And for me, I now call them envelope ideas. So I have so many ideas. I have to put some in an envelope, put it in a desk and say, I'll bring that out <laughs> yeah. later, right? Focus on what I'm focusing on. But I think what we've done is I've looked at it and said, what's the end goal? Now, how do I work backwards from there? Right. And then how to create a linear plan that I know will be able to get me there. The one thing that I've found in this process, and I think it's, it's common no matter what you're talking about with fatherhood or your business or being an entrepreneur or in the military, you look at it and you say, as I'm looking at this plan, I've recognized that I'm going to be the biggest lid on the outcome of this happening. So if I try to make this all about me and do this myself and don't surround myself with people that have diverse skill sets and capabilities and the ability to help me move this whole thing forward, then I'm going to fall short. I'm not going to get there near as fast or as efficient as I could. So at this point, I'm really focused on how do I find the right people that can help come into this movement and support it with their own areas of expertise and insight and abilities where maybe I don't have that capability. I think the other piece of that is when you look at any strategic plan, it's really important to look at, I think, all the important pillars. So when you think of a strategic plan, a long-term plan, I'm a big vision guy. So I think having a painted picture of what you think it's going to look like 10 years down the road Mm -hmm. and be so detailed about it that you see yourself standing there 10 years later, literally talking to an audience saying, you know, this is where we are and this is what we experienced. This is what it looks like. And then again, you got to go backwards and say, okay, what steps we need to take to get there? Then you break that down into, okay, so now daily, what do I do to move that forward? Weekly, monthly, yearly, and that's your plans every day. You know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Right. And so you break that down into a daily increment that now ties into that 10-year plan. This is a little off topic, but I'm interested. I have a daughter. You mentioned that you have a daughter. Mm-hmm. Or how many? How I have many one girl and then three boys One girl and three boys. Okay. Yes. So you have a daughter. So obviously in this culture, in this day and age, you know, there's the Me Too movement and there's a lot of things that have gone on. Sure. And so I'm curious as a dad, as someone who loves his daughter, what are some advice that you have to dads raising daughters? on advice or ways that you can be encouraging and be involved in their life uh, so that as they get older and they deal with things that are probably inevitable, they'll be as best equipped for that as possible. Yes. I love the question. So number one is be their dad, right? right? And be a man in their life and a positive Mm -hmm. image of a man in their life. I think that's one of the most important and first things you can do. Far more is caught than taught. And so in that circumstance, if you're if you're married clearly then yeah. be the reflection of the man that you hope your daughter marries one day to your wife so that's the first thing it starts with your wife treat your wife the way that you hope your daughter is treated one day right love her live with her support her champion her in the way that you hope your daughter is championed one day because that's what she's then going to look for she's going to model her view of that potential future husband off of the way that you treated your wife so i think that's number 1 number 2 is focus on things that are important to her so couple things that I've done that that have been very effective. One is we do daddy-daughter date nights. We started when she was three years old. That's a big way Daddy Saturday came about. And at three, I was more afraid of taking her out on a date night than I was the first time I took my wife out. Because I'm like, (laughs) what do you talk to about with a three-year-old at dinner, right? We go to a nice place. She orders noodles with butter in a Shirley Temple. And you know, it was just a blast. But those are memory burns that we'll have forever. And we've Mm. built that up over time. Now that she's 11, those date nights are way different than they were three. But you know what they've done, Jared? They've created this space for her to have a safe place to communicate with her dad. Right. And I'll tell you, this was, man, it all came full circle for me not too long ago. So my daughter went through that stage of life where she's maturing. Mm-hmm. 
she went through puberty very quickly, very early. Mm -hmm. And so she was kind of going through those experiences. And we started to see her just, her attitude was going down. She was really struggling in a room a lot, secluding herself. And it was the total opposite of the girl that she had been. And my wife just kind of kept saying, well, she's going through that time. It's, you know, it's normal. And I'm like, I don't accept that. Like something else is wrong. And it was interesting because one night, because we've developed that level of communication over time, I went into her and I just said, hey, Hayden, something's wrong. I can tell. You're going to tell me nothing's wrong. I've already asked multiple times, but I'm not accepting the answer. So we can either sit here and talk or we can take a dog for the walk around the block. It was later at night. It was like eight o'clock at night. It was dark. And I said, either way, we're going to talk and I'm going to listen. And she's like, fine, let's take a dog for the walk. So we go around the block and we just get around the corner and all of a sudden she just busts into tears. Mm. And she said, dad, I feel like I'm doing this all alone. I'm older than, I am more mature physically than all the girls in my grade. Nobody else is really going through this. I don't have anybody to talk to about it. I'm not really talking to mommy well. And I feel like you're the only one that ever asks how I'm doing. Mm. And man, that rocked me. Mm -hmm. So I go back and we sat down with, with her mom and we all talked through it and we came to a great place. But man, I look at that and I'm like, what if that hadn't happened? We have a pretty safe and healthy home, but still, you know, she holds that in and that extends over time. There's depression, there's other issues that can occur right. based on that. So I say all of that to say it started off at three-year-old date nights. It started off just by taking an interest in her life and what she was doing and what's important to her. And even though I'm a guy and I don't understand some of, some of what she's interested in and what she wants to do, I found ways to come alongside her and make her feel like she's in a safe place and has that ability to communicate with me. Do you feel like it's true that if someone didn't start out at three, they can still show interest even now? And Yes. You can still start now. Completely. So yeah. look, I have, I have so many dads that come to me and the number one thing I hear from older fathers is, I wish I would have heard of this you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago when sure. I, I was at that age with my kids. And what I tell them is, I said, it's never too late. I don't care how old your child is. They always want you to be their dad. And they may not openly ask for it. They may not respond the way you expect them to or want them to the first time you come and initiate it. But if you are persistent and you create that space or that margin over time for them to come into and come towards you, you keep coming towards them. Eventually, they're going to come towards you. And that's where that sweet spot of the relationship communication happens. So my opinion is it's never too late to start. And in fact, the shock and awe of you doing that later on, just like the dad I told you about with his four daughters, I mean, it changed their relationship overnight because he took this interest and it was so different from anything he'd ever done and it wasn't expected. Wow. So I think it can have a bigger impact almost if you do it that way. I would imagine that might feel discouraging for some, but to hear stories like that and hear that word, I think that's a, sort of, that's a great encouragement. So thank you for sharing that. As we start to close it down here, I've got three questions I like to ask. One of them is, is there an organization or an individual that's doing something that interests you? You're doing a lot of interesting stuff. What interests you? Gosh, you know, I feel like I have such a one-track mind right now with, you know, this is my dream job, if you will. I have sure. a day job with my wife and her job. So my bandwidth is so limited. What I would say of what interests me is, so it's not my organization, but it's tied to it. Uh, I was recently asked to be on the proposal for the White House Council for Boys and Men. Mm. And that interests me a lot. Okay. Um, there's a chance to define how we view masculinity and the way that our, the healthcare, American Psychiatric Association, others are defining masculinity. I think it's a tipping point in our society and our culture with how that's defined right now. And you know, as a person of faith and as a Christian, I think it's very important that we have that viewpoint represented. 
And so I'm able to be on that committee and have an input into that. I think the second piece is you mentioned the Me Too movement, mentioned this focus on women and on females. And I think it's extremely important. And as a proponent of a, of a husband who has a wife who has her own business and who's an entrepreneur, I clearly support that and want women to do well in the marketplace. I have a daughter who starts her own businesses and I want to see her succeed and do well in life as well. So I support that. However, if you look now, the Obama administration and others have put a ton of emphasis on helping women and girls. And we've seen this now vacuum and void of men and boys. Yeah. And so that's why I feel like that is so important in a movement that I'm behind and I'm really passionate about. And it ties into my focus on fatherlessness. Man, I'm thankful that people like you, leaders like you are now getting opportunities to speak up and to potentially have an impact. And thank you. These types of serious, serious things. Fantastic. Ed, obviously, people are listening and they're saying, okay, there was a lot that we just covered. Go back. Where do I start? How do they connect with you online? Sure. So I think the easiest place is daddysaturday.com. Okay. It's the hub for all things Daddy Saturday. You can find the book there. You can get the Alexa skill there. Sign up for a newsletter. There's a fatherhood satisfaction assessment, which you can take, and it'll give you an indicator of how satisfied you are with your current level of fatherhood. And it'll give you some tools and resources and ways to help you improve that level of satisfaction with your kids. Our blog's there. Really, everything you can find is on daddysaturday.com. For me personally, justinbat.com is the easiest way to find me or on LinkedIn. And then on social, we are at Daddy Saturday or at the Daddy Saturday or some form of Daddy Saturday. Just look for the Daddy Saturday logo and you know it's us. Justin, we always close out with final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts? I do. I think it's so important at the tipping point that we are in our society today where you can see that most of the societal ills that we're facing, whether it's you look at the teenage pregnancy rates or prison time or drug and alcohol abuse or childhood obesity or you name it, Jared. The majority of those are caused by the breakdown of the family and the absence of the father in the home. And it doesn't have to be no father. It could be the lack of the, the physical father who's emotionally absent. And so my final thoughts are to all of us, be intentional, be engaged as a parent, help raise good kids that become great adults. And let's all change the next generation together. Praise God. <laughs> well said. Justin, thank you so much and best wishes to you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. 